0: For today's message, we are going to address a problem that many people have. And so, you know, we've, we all often have really good intentions about things. We want to see change. You know, these intentions, we do them a lot at the beginning of the year where we make New Year's resolutions, but they actually happen for us all the time. We intend to put a new routine in place, a new habit in place. We intend to learn a new skill, to change something in our lives, or to take, even we tend, like, hey, one day we're going to go on a trip somewhere, we're going to take a vacation somewhere, we're going to do this thing. And yet, so often, these intentions that we have never actually materialize into anything. Why is that? And, you know, if we don't actually understand why they don't materialize, then we are always going to be just living in this realm of good intentions, but never actually changing. And unfortunately, for many Christians, that's a place we live in, where we see the life of Jesus, we see how he lived, and we have an intention to live like Jesus, but we never actually get there. And so today, we're going to answer the question of why, but not only answer the question of why, we're going to walk away with a plan that sets us towards change. So the thing that's absolutely essential for for us if we're going to change is three things. One, we need a vision. We need not just good intentions, but an intentional plan. And we need a means to bring those things about. And we're going to look at these things in the context of living a transformed life in Christ. That we would become like Christ. So if you want to take notes, if you want to be ready for today, it's a good one to take notes on. So in case you don't have anything to take notes on in your living room, and I'm just going to pause for a second here so you can grab something. Fortunately, it's recorded so you can go back and play this again. You know, when we read Scripture... We see the life that we're meant to live. We see the life of Jesus. And, we, and for, for many times, when we look at this life, it's like, well, it seems so far out of reach. Like, well, we can never live like Jesus. But it is within reach. Jesus said that he came and proclaimed the kingdom to us. And said that that kingdom was all around us and that we could live in that kingdom. We could live under his rule and reign. That we could live this new life in him. And he, he, in all his teachings, he gave us everything that we needed to do it. He even gave us a vision of how to do it. You know, for us, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, that, that thing of being a disciple, some authors that I read, they will change the word, they say becoming apprentice of Jesus. And it's whatever language that you so choose, apprentice, a student, It's the idea being that we want to live like Jesus, we want to learn from Jesus so that we can emulate Jesus. When you apprentice, if you're an apprentice electrician, you are learning from someone how to become a master electrician. If you're an apprentice in any trade, you are learning from the person that you're apprenticing under how to do that thing with excellence. For us as apprentices of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus. We're learning to live life like Jesus, not just here on the earth, but for eternity. We're actually entering into eternal life here and now. We've got to, as apprentices, be well directed. We have to have unrelenting action, measure things with incremental change, and we want to transform our lives to become like Jesus. So let's look at a couple of scriptures that have to do with the kingdom and the vision that Jesus gave us. We're going to start off, uh, before I go there, though, you know, when Jesus came in, he was announcing, he was manifesting, and he was teaching about the kingdom of God. When his ministry began, that's what he started doing. He started talking about the kingdom to everywhere that he went. He would manifest the kingdom in terms of how he treated people, in terms of healing and miracles. And he would teach his disciples and the crowds about what life in the kingdom was like. What is kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? Well, it really is. It's the range of God's effective will where what God wants done is done. We see that when Jesus taught us to pray, as we've talked in previous weeks, that he said here, you know, in the Lord's Prayer that we should pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So we know in heaven that God's will is always done. And it's the incredible thing that in God's design here on the earth, he gives us room that his will is not done. You know, there's the choice that we had. We've had that choice from the beginning. It was the choice that Adam and Eve made. They chose that while to not do his will and to introduce sin and rebellion into the world. And it's still there today. We have a choice. We have a choice as Christians to do his will or not do his will. But our. Our choice that we've made as disciples of Jesus is to say we want to learn to do his will. We want our lives to change so that we would always do God's will. We would learn to submit our will to him so that his will would always be done. That's what living in the kingdom is. The kingdom is all around us. It's within us. The kingdom of God is us submitting to the reign and rule of God through Jesus Christ. So when we talk about this thing of kingdom, when we talk about this thing of becoming like Christ, what we're talking about is God's kingdom manifesting in us, which means God's will being done in and through our lives. It's us giving up choice. It's using our free will to choose to submit our will to God. Let me say that again. It's using our free will it's to choose to submit that free will to God so that his will would be done, not our own. Let's look at Luke 17, verses 20 to 21. Here Jesus is being questioned by Pharisees, and they say, it says in verse 20, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And what he was saying is that the kingdom of God, the reign of God had come in him, in Jesus. But the kingdom of God had always been there as well. We'd always had the choice to submit to God's will, to let his will be done. It was always within our midst, but now it was manifested in the life of Jesus. Let's look at at Matthew 6, verse 33. It says here, it's part of the Beatitudes where Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be ga- uh, given to you as well. My apologies, that's not in the Beatitudes. That's where Jesus talks about the fact of us not worrying about what it is that we need. It's, it's Jesus talking about actually money. Saying, look, we can't serve both God and money. We've got to choose. Are we going to serve money or are we going to serve God? But he tells us, look, we don't need to worry. Everything that we, in our life, everything that we need, uh, that God knows what we need. He knows everything that we need. And when we put our, our focus on seeking first God's kingdom, his reign over our lives, when we submit our will to his will and say, God, your will be done, that, that when we seek first his kingdom, his reign, and his righteousness, our right standing with him, then everything that we need will be given to us. That choice of submission is the choice of saying, Jesus you actually are the one that is, sustains all life. You are the one that gives me everything I need to function in this world, to live in this world. It all is provided by you. So we have this vision through Jesus, through how he lived, through what he taught, and what he did. You know, this vision, it underlines, uh, underlies our spiritual transformation. This vision is life now and forever in God's effective uh, will. It's life now and forever submitted to God. It's saying, God, I want your will done, not mine. It's us partaking in the divine nature of God through a birth from above. And it's participating by our actions in what God is doing now in our lifetime here on earth again us submitting our will to god so that his will would be done in our lives that's our vision that's what jesus did jesus said i don't do nothing other than what my father is, is tells me to do and is doing he only did the will of the father we are to only do the will of the god of god through our submission to jesus But we do have a choice. And it's a daily choice to to die to self, to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. A daily choice, am I submitted to God today or am I doing what I want to do? And so this vision that we have is a vision of submission to God and his kingdom rule and reign through us and through our lives. Let's look at one more scripture on this. Colossians 3, 17. It says, It says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we've got a vision. We've got a vision of what kingdom life looks like. It looks like Jesus Christ. It looks like us becoming like Jesus. So now we have to look at our intention. And now, intention is where a lot of this stuff falls down for us as Christians today. Or as as people that say they're following Jesus. You know, our transformation to become like Christ, it's not going to happen if it's not intentional. It will the problem is, is not a lack of vision. Jesus gave us a clear vision. We have that vision in Scripture. We have it in his life. We have it in the example of those that followed Jesus. We've got a clear vision of what things are supposed to look like. And we have the means. We have the means to bring about change. We have the means in in Scripture, in the example of Jesus. We have the means in the empowering of the Holy Spirit, in the grace of God poured in our life. We have everything we need to bring about this transformation. What we often lack is the intention to do it. It seems like a good idea. It seems nice. But we actually do not set ourselves on a course of transformation and change. We don't decide to do the things that Jesus did. We look at them as impossible. We look at them as out of reach, as something that we can't do. As opposed to going, God, transform me. Help me submit to your will so that your very will manifests through my life. We don't see the value in becoming like Christ. Now, I remember years ago when I, was, when I was a younger Christian and I was working for someone and they, they sat down they said to me, I said, you know, they were a businessman, they were, they were following Jesus as much as they understood that at that point and, and they were running this company and they said, I don't invite God into my business. I remember specifically them saying, look, I cut corners at times, I do different things and I'm not inviting God in because that'll mess my business up. I've seen other people invite God into their business and it just messes their business up. And so, you know, I'm not going to be doing that. So basically what this person was saying is like, look, I'm going to do this in my own strength, my own ability. I'm going to do it the world's way. I'm not going to do it God's way. I'm not submitting this to God. Now, there was also a time in my life when I was surrounded by a lot of people and I was struggling in my own understanding of things. And we got this really wrong understanding of the grace of God. And one of the things that we believed, and, that, and some of my friends at the time believed, they may still believe, is that, is that it was impossible to actually live the way Jesus lived. That Jesus actually was teaching under the law, that the example that Jesus was setting was unattainable for us, and so there wasn't even a point in trying. We weren't to become like Jesus, we were to look at Jesus and go, well, we can never be like Jesus, so we need God's grace, and, and we're just going to live our life the way we have always lived our life, we're not going to be transformed and changed, we're just going to thank God for the fact that he loves us. And that's a complete misunderstanding of the grace of God. It's a misunderstanding of the teachings of Jesus. It's really a misunderstanding of Scripture entirely. Jesus' example was the life. He's he's showing us the life that we're meant to live, what life looks like when we're submitted in the kingdom of God. We need to make a decision. We need to decide that we're going to be a people that are going to do the things that Jesus did that are going to live out the things that Jesus lived in, that we're going to say the things that Jesus said. A Vision of life in the kingdom is a life of reliance and dependence on God. It's a life of being reliant and dependent on Jesus and to do the things that he's done. You know? And we can actually decide to do this. You know, the truth is we already trust in Jesus to a small measure. We trust that he actually was the Christ. That what he said and did was true. We trust in him for eternal life. So there's a certain element of trust we've already put in Jesus when we've decided to follow him. We're trusting that, you know, his is the way to, to eternal life with God. But that's only the beginning. It's, it's a very small step into the kingdom. It's, we're going, yes, we believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You know, with, with us putting our faith in Jesus, it's not just about us believing certain things about him. And it's also not knowing the right answers. You know, knowing something doesn't mean that we actually believe it. We can, we can, we can read something, we can study something, we can study scriptures, we can quote scriptures, we can know the right answers. But if we truly believe it, we, we will live it. We'll live it out. And that is, as apprentices of Jesus, what we've got to do. It's no good for an electrician to know the theory behind electricity, how a house is wired or how, uh, how some other wiring works, but not be able to actually put that into practice. And it's, it's useless for us as Christians to know the truth about God, to know the truth about the way that we are meant to live, but not be able to put that into practice in our day-to-day lives. To believe in Jesus and to believe in his teachings means that we are going to act on the things that he said. We're going to act on the things that he taught. We're going to live them out in every area of our life. And probably the hardest thing right now, I'm going to pause for us, because it's really important that we think about this. The hardest thing for us to accept as Christians is the actual level of our unbelief, especially in the Western world. Because we are self-sufficient and self-reliant, we don't actually need to depend on God. We can go through life proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but living completely independent of, his, of him. Because we can provide ourselves with absolutely everything we need. We can, pr- we can take care of our health, we can take care of our, our finances, we can take care of all these different things. We don't need to live a life dependent on God. Again, life dependent on God doesn't mean we give up our jobs and we're just living off the land and hoping that, you know, food and money is going to fall from heaven. But there's a big difference between one that goes, actually, God is my provider. Everything that I have, you know, if I lose my job tomorrow, that's okay because God will provide another one. That if I live in righteousness, I can risk everything for the kingdom because God's the one that actually is my provider, not my boss, not myself Not my education. I'm not trusting in those things. I'm trusting in Him. I'm trusting in the path that He has for me to live on. So it it takes so much fear of the world away. And the hardest thing is for us to accept that we don't actually believe what Jesus said. We don't actually believe that we can in Him. We have this high level of unbelief in our lives. And that unbelief, it keeps us from actually living the way that Scripture tells us that we're to live. That unbelief, it keeps us from living the life that Jesus has for every one of his followers to live. And frankly, it's why the world doesn't take seriously Christians. Why it doesn't take the church seriously. It's not just a dislike for Jesus. It's looking at, at At the way the church is today and going "Mm, there's really no relevance and and you don't actually practice what you say you're to practice anyway are we perfect no we're not we're on this journey of constant change but there's there's this thing we've got to do where, if we're going to be true disciples of Jesus, if we're going to disciple other people, where we start taking seriously what God says and start going, we actually can live this out and we need to line up our lives. We need to align our lives in a way that we will. Nothing that we try in our life succeeds by accident. You don't one day work, wake up speaking French. You don't decide to play the guitar, pick it up, and be a perfect player of that or any other instrument. There's intentionality that goes into it. There's training. There's learning. You know, we don't become, we don't learn a subject or a skill by accident. They don't just happen. But yet so often, we think that, that you know, it's our life in Christ is going to be transformed by accident. That it's just going to happen as we go through life that we're, we're going to be transformed, or we just don't think about it at all. And we've got to think about this. We've got to be committed to this. We've got to intentionally order our lives around becoming more like Christ in everything that we are, in everything that we do. You don't, go to the, you don't just decide, I'm going to become physically fit, and the next day wake up, you know, built with muscles. There's a process of transformation that takes place with intentionality, with training, with discipline. And this is the same in our transformation with God. We've got to follow a process. We can't do the wrong thinking. And you know, I had this thinking often in my life. It's like I was waiting. Why doesn't God just touch me and change me? Why don't I get zapped and, and then everything in my life be perfect? And a you know, misunderstanding the teaching of other people. I'd I'd listen to different preachers, I'd listen to different people, and it sounded like, you know, they would when they would give their preaches and their stories, that just one day God touched them, they had this amazing encounter with God and everything changed. But the truth is, as I got to understand their lives, as I got to see, hear more of their teachings, learn more about them, is that they'd had years and years of transformation going on. Small step after small step after small step. They'd intentionally set themselves after God. They'd made intentional changes throughout their life that led them to a particular place. And that's the way that we're meant to live. Does God come in and back that change? Absolutely. And sometimes God accelerates different changes that are going to happen in our life. But if you're waiting for God just to change your circumstances, that you're just going to sit there and pray and everything's going to change, that's not the way God works. It does work through prayer. It's a part of the process. Understanding who God's character is through Scripture is part of the process. And let's talk more about the process in this next thing, which is the means. We've talked about the vision we need to change. You know, that we have to be intentional about that change. So now how, if we have a vision for it and we're intentional about it, what are the means for this transformation and change? Well, there's a number of things that are the means. The first one is that we would follow the example of Jesus through the scriptures And through his people. You know, this is our primary means of seeing how it is that we're to change. We retrain. Part of the thing is retraining how we think. So that we think like Jesus thought. This happens through prayer. But it happens through study and meditation on Christ himself. On his teachings in scripture about God, the world, and in our lives. And especially in Jesus' teachings in the Gospels. But it's not just the Gospels that inform us about God. It's the entire Bible that does. But if we want to, I love the saying, it's from Bill Johnson, that you know, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. And it's true. Scripture tells us that the deity lived in Christ in bodily form. That the fullness of God we see and experience through Jesus. So the most important place that we think we need to study is what Jesus said and did. It's why the enemy was so in what some of the thinking that friends of mine and even that I dabbled in years and years ago, where it's like, oh, you know, what how Jesus lived is unattainable. If we, if we take that view, then we're never going to understand what life in the kingdom is actually all about. We're going to miss it entirely. The only way we understand life in the kingdom is seeing it manifested through Jesus Christ and go, oh, that's how I'm supposed to manifest kingdom life. It's the thing that, the, that Jesus' disciples went out and did. It's what we see the writers of the New Testament doing. They're manifesting the kingdom. Are they doing it perfectly? At times, not. But the only one who is perfect is Jesus because he, he was God. You know, for us, we're learning to walk this thing out. But you look at how they lived and how their lives went and it was incredible. You look at Paul's life. It's incredible how they manifested the kingdom everywhere they went in love, in power, in just completely changed perspectives. Their their dependence on Jesus gave them everything they needed for life. So we can also retrain our thinking through study and meditation on Christ himself and on did his, on teachings in Scripture about God. I'm missing up my notes here. <laughs> but also, we changed our thinking and our feelings through our deep reflection on the nature and bitter outcome of standard human ways. You see, how the world works is the opposite of the kingdom. And the outcomes of things in the world show us what life without God is actually like. So when we see the messed up and brokenness of the world, and that what, actually, what happens when we don't follow God's ways, that should give us a picture of what we don't want, of how we don't want to live our lives, and how we've got to set ourselves on God and his ways. We can consciously practice self-sacrificial actions, serving others, you know, it's part of serving in church, but not just serving in church, serving in community. It's where things like tithing come in, where we grasp that our money is not about ourselves. It's actually about for the kingdom. And it's where, it's where we understand, you know, serving those that can give nothing back to us, that can benefit us in no way. It's self-sacrificial serving. You know, we, we can offer nothing to God. You know, he is complete in and of himself. And yet he died for us. The Father sent the Son, Jesus, so that we would have eternal life. And he died a horrendous death at the cross and rose from the dead so we would be reunited with God. Not because God was incomplete without him. He was already complete. But because out of his his own self-sacrifice, he wanted us to be able to participate in his divine nature and relationship as well. He wanted his original plan restored. The main thing is that we move from being self centered people to Christ centered. That we stop looking out for number one. It stops being about ourselves and our plans and our wants and our desires, and it starts being about God and his plans, his wants, and his desires. It's the only place that we're going to find fulfillment. there's, There's someone I know, I want to keep it vague. But they always will talk about how they, they don't, you know, they don't want to have to follow God in, in certain ways. They, they would call themselves a Christian. They would say they're a Christian. But the reality is they would live very much like they're living for themselves in the world. And they're always unhappy. And they're always depressed. And they're always unfulfilled. And yet they refuse to do the very thing that they need to do to have the full fulfillment of life, which is, okay, my life, I'm submitting it to God, and I'm going to do things his way, even if it give me, means I have to give up the things that I think I want. And, and that's so often the story for people, where we go so far, but we refuse to go all the way because uh, we actually just want our will, and we want to make sure we're taken care of, and we're not actually convinced that God will take care of us. We've got to continue on this journey of means and with prayer. And we've got to pray that God would work in our innermost beings. That he would change us from the inside out. That we would have a revelation of, and have the courage and the boldness to live out the things of God. To live out what it says in scripture. You know, Ultimately, when we get a vision of life in the kingdom. You know, and we'll make plans and take tentative steps towards change. That's what it's about. So praying, that vision, we truly have that vision, that we would set our intention on him and that, Lord, bring about change in my life. These are small steps. You know, as we read something in Scripture, as I've talked many times about say we read Scripture to live it, not just to know it. We want to live out the New Testament. We want to live like Jesus did. When we're reading the Gospels, when we're, when we're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we want to go, I want to live that way. When we read the Acts of the Apostles, so we should read it to be able to emulate and live the way they lived. When we read the rest of the New Testament, we want to live the way they lived. There's many examples we can take from the Old Testament as well. All scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, it says in Timothy. You know, so there's important things. We don't live the same way as they did in the Old Testament because of what Jesus has done. We live in a whole new covenant and relationship with God with so much more available to us. And yet we see the stories of how God worked in his people. And we can take examples and characteristics from there. And We also can take examples from the Bible of how people, when they rebelled against God or lived without God, the consequences of that and go, I don't want to live like that. There's a friend in the church who comments, and I say, well, what's your vision for your life, or what's your future? And he goes, I just want to finish well. I just want to finish well. And I'm saying, you know, I've, I've seen and read stories of so many people that started well in the faith, but they finished so badly. And I want my life to be one where I finish well. And what a great goal, that we would finish our lives well. It was what Paul wanted Paul wanted to finish well. He didn't want to be distracted. He wanted to continue on in Christ and that he would finish his life well. May we be a people that, that would want to finish our lives well. So these means that that we, we have, they're all available to us. Not, not one of these means I've talked about in terms of study, in terms of prayer, in you know, in terms of meditating on God. These things are all available but we've got to choose to do them we've got to choose to make time for them we've choo- got to choose to set our priorities on growing in god to become more like jesus and he will give us everything we need to do that so we need a vision for transformation we have to be inten- we have to be intentional we need intention and we need the means the vision of the kingdom we have, the means we have in God. Our part in this is to be intentional. Is to say, it's not just one day, you know, next week, next month, next year. But today, today, I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to start bringing about change in my life. I'm going to live in a different way. I'm going to allow God to change my character. I'm going to look at the example of scriptures and say, I'm not gonna be happy. I'm I'm not going to, to go off this path until I have become like Christ in character, in power, in intention. This is the journey we're on. Again, check out the videos that I'm going to be doing this week on this. I'll be breaking it down further. We are we're partway through this journey that's going to be over the next few months. But if you'll stay on this journey with us, if you'll be intentional on this journey, by, by mid-July, your life is going to be radically different than it is today. If you will be intentional in this, in this process, you won't believe the change that's going to happen in your life. There is no better time than now, no better time than today to commit to this change. Before I wrap up, if you tuned in today, because someone invited you or, or it's just your first time with us. If you do not have a life submitted to Jesus, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and savior, I want to invite you into a process. And if you're on our online platform, you can click a button that's going to go up on the screen, or you can use our comment card that's up in the, the top right hand corner. If you want to give your life to Jesus, we want to help you on that journey. But it starts with you making a decision. It starts with you making a decision of saying, hey, the way I've been living without Jesus, I know that's not working for me and I believe there's something more and I want that something more. Jesus' message is very simple. His thing is that he offers eternal life to us. He offers to, uh, an easy yoke and a light burden where we can learn to live from a whole new place of love, a whole new place of joy, a whole new place of fulfillment where we're not depending on ourselves, where we're completely dependent on him. And he invites everyone into that life. He died for the whole world to know him. It's just a lot of the world chooses not to. But you today can choose to live under his rule and reign. You can choose to make him your king. And if you're wanting to do that, if if you're doing that, then I just ask you to respond so that we can help you through this journey, that we can disciple you through this journey. Because it would be our honor and our pleasure to walk the journey with you. So you can respond to what's being put up on your screen. If you're on our online platform, you can respond in the corner. If you're not on either one of those, you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at lifehouse.ca info at and we'd be happy to be, have one of our leaders be in touch with you. Uh, thank you for being with us today. It's been an honor to have the opportunity to speak to you and uh, watch out for the videos on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram that'll be going up this week. Okay, have a great day.